and welcome to a brand new episode of TV Sessions. Uh, it's been a few months, but we're back. And today we're going to be talking about and previewing uh, the final season uh, for Better Call Saul, uh, one of TV's greatest dramas, in my opinion. Uh, my name is Gabe, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kat. Uh, thanks for coming on, Kat. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. I'm excited to talk about this season. Yeah, I am so excited. Um, I I'm just going to go on the record and say that the upcoming final season is probably the most excited I've ever been for a new season of TV. Like, I, I'm just so excited for this new season coming. Holy shit. Wow, even more than uh, season three of Succession. Yeah, even more. Yeah. Wow. Like, this, this Saul is a little different for me. It hits different because um, most of my favorite shows I binged at some point. Like, there was either a season or two where, like, I had to watch a bunch in a row or, like, some of them I binged the whole show, like Sopranos and The Wire. I watched the whole thing in like in a binge. But Saul, I have not binged one second. Like I've literally watched one episode once a week for seven years, <laughs> like with commercials and everything. So it's it's like I feel more attached to it because of that. I don't know. Wow. So you know how you feel about um, Better Call Saul? Yeah. That's how I felt about ER. Yeah, I can understand. And that's your favorite yeah. show, right? Yeah. There you go. So it's it's it, there's something because when you deal with so many shows that are this good um it's it's more about the personal attachment right because like you can't really say one show is just better than the other like I know some people like to say oh this is the best show ever but you should really just use the word favorite because like all these shows are just so good and like it's more just there's no right or wrong answer right it's like what you attach to more like what what you're more personally invested in and like for me it's better call Saul like I'm the most emotionally attached to like every character in this show more than any other show and a big reason is because like the weekly watching all the all the weights between seasons like those characters are just with you for longer, you know? So I, I'm just so emotionally invested in this show. I totally 100% agree with you. I find yeah. that sometimes when people say, what's your favorite show yeah. or your favorite movie, I have to always clarify and be like, do you mean what do I think is the best yes. or what is my favorite? Because yes. one is an, an intellectual decision and one mm -hmm. is an emotional decision. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. people... They love to throw around superlatives all the time, like, oh, best show of all time, best movie of all time. And it's like, like, it doesn't always have to be the best, you know, like art is subjective. It's like, it's personal. It's what you get out of it, right? So it's just like, it's more, something can be perfect to you, right? It doesn't have to mean it's objectively perfect, but to you, the experience is perfect, right? And like, for exactly. me, for me, Better Call Saul is a flawless show. Like for me, like some people can say, oh, I don't like this part of it. And they're not wrong. But for me, it doesn't like the thing they have an issue with. I just don't like, I literally find the show perfect. Like. It's just yes. so, so good. I completely agree. And I also think that your relationship with shows and movies and whatever changes over time. So yeah. when I watched Friends growing up, it was one thing to me. When I watch mm -hmm. it, when I watch it in my early 20s, it meant something different. And when I yep. watch it now, it means something completely different. That's very true. Yep. Yep. It's like, and especially shows you rewatch. It's like, there's definitely an emotional connection there. And like certain shows, like The Wire is an amazing show. Don't get me wrong. It's like objectively one of the most well-written things I've ever seen. I, yeah, I don't, especially I, certain seasons are yeah, like insane. Like The Wire is so good, but I don't have this like inkling in my mind. Oh, I have to rewatch that again. And it's like, whereas with The Sopranos, I did. So it's like, it's just like, it's certain things you just want to experience again. And like, I probably will rewatch The Wire at some point, but like, I'm not like dying to. So I don't put it as high in terms of my personal favorites, even though I acknowledge how great it is. Like, See, that's so interesting because I had the opposite reaction. I love The uh, Wire so much that I needed to go back and rewatch it. Whereas right. with The Sopranos, after I'd seen it once, I was like... I don't really need to yeah. see that again. There. It is objectively one of the best written shows of all time. Yeah, both of but them. But I, but yeah. I, yeah, exactly. But I had a, and I think we've talked about this before, actually. Yeah, we briefly yeah. mentioned. Yeah, because you, yeah. you did rewatch The Wire right away. Yeah, and I didn't, but I, I probably will. But yeah, it's just like those well, are two of the me, greats, and we had different perspectives there. So it's not like, to get too into the weeds with this, but I think yeah. that they're the different, the main difference between The Wire and the Sopranos, because they are often compared, is that. Yeah certain seasons of the wire are significantly better than others yes whereas the sopranos is just good across the board i actually agree with that yeah, yeah. like se seasons three and four i think are my two favorites of the wire or um and like oh, see i'm a huge fan of season two yeah, i think season yeah. two is so well written and i, I think also think season four is incredible four is amazing oh, oh my god yeah. four is unreal yeah. So I, yeah. I can agree with that. Whereas Sopranos, it's hard to separate the seasons. Like uh, my co-host and I did a deep dive on the Sopranos and like ranking the seasons is so hard because like they all kind of, do that? I know they all blend together. There's a couple storylines where they introduce like a new villain here and there, like season two, they do that. But then they, they sort of just bleed together. Like there's certain characters 
that do the same things throughout the whole show and it just blends together. So ranking the seasons was really hard. The only reason I was able to was I had just finished a rewatch. So like I did, I was able to like kind of have a feeling for the differences between seasons, but whereas yeah. The Wire is completely different. Completely different. Yeah. yeah, so I totally And agree. I also think Sopranos has specific episodes that are like head and shoulders, some of the best writing ever. Yeah, But not absolutely. season by season, episode yeah. by episode. I would agree with Whereas that. The Wire, I think of them more as seasons as whole. Like I, I yeah. honestly think of each season as its own um, miniseries. Yeah, it's almost the wire is also almost like a novel too. Like each like yeah. episode's like a chapter in a novel. Whereas like the Sopranos is like they're trying to do like movies with each with each episode. It's like this is a big. Whereas like it's all for the wire. It's all in service of a bigger story. Whereas like the Sopranos is not necessarily always like that. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Anyways, this is supposed to be a better yeah, exactly. podcast, <laughs> but we just got into the wire and the Sopranos. We we like the same shows, so it's all good. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Anyways, I I am just so obsessed with Better Call Saul and. We've talked about it generally, so I'm excited for this because we'll get a little more into the specifics now for the yeah. first time. So um, I guess I'll just start with this, like just to ask you, um, since Breaking Bad plays a pretty big role in like the world of Better Call Saul, um, how big of a Breaking Bad fan are you? Like, when did you watch that show? Oh, uh, you know, I have an interesting relationship with uh, Breaking Bad because yeah. I was not the biggest fan of it the way that everyone else seemed to be. Yep. Yep. I just thought the story was very specific. Yeah. And not, oh man, I don't know even know how to articulate this. Yeah, no worries. My biggest issue with it is that people kept saying that the the show was a major story arc for Walter White, and that he was this like fine, normal, whatever, average guy, and he turned into this incredible monster. Yeah. But to me, Walter White was kind of a dick in the beginning. Yep. And he so just you, became a bigger dick in the end. Like to me, I didn't see the arc that other people saw. I think that's fair because a lot of people say by the end of the show, he always he always had it in him. Like he always had these this nature in him of like self-centeredness and ego. But yeah, it just totally. it just it just kind of comes out as the show goes on more and more. I think the thing is you can kind of sympathize with his motivations more in the beginning. But you're right, in terms of him as a person. He's not that likable. Like I know a lot of people love him. Like he's a badass. He does some cool things. But in terms of emotional attachment, I agree with you. It's not like he's the nicest, greatest guy that you care so much about in the beginning. Um, the more sympathetic character is Jesse, for sure. The whole show, in my opinion. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I think the yeah. real story arc is Jesse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, not and Wal- Walter White. Yeah, Walter White's still a phenomenally written and acted character. But I still agree with you in a way where like. He, he, his arc isn't as crazy as people make it sound. It's still impressive the way they execute it because he does yeah, become, oh, for like, sure. he becomes and a drug lord, which is and crazy. And don't get me wrong. I yeah. think Veracall Salt is an incredible show. I yeah. think that um, uh, the actor who plays Walter White, Brian Cranston, You mean Breaking Bad, right? You said Veracall Salt. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Breaking yeah. Bad. No, yeah. I'm just saying that like thematically I had some issues with it. That's fair. Um, yeah. But it's, it's an incredible show. And I think Skylar White is an incredible character. I think she's and great I think too. in yeah. the last season, man, yeah. that character is so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when did you watch Breaking Bad? Like, did you watch any of it live or did you just do a binge a few years ago? I did not watch any of it live. Okay. I think I watched the entire series after it had already concluded. Like shortly after it concluded? No, that's not true. Oh, okay. I think I watched the first season and a half and I just lost interest. Okay. Like, this then, is what I mean. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't narratively strong enough for me in the very beginning. Yep. So and I just lost interest with it. Yeah. And then you just kind of went back to it eventually. And well, because no one would shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did get a remember, lot of it. Yeah. At the time, it was like the only thing anyone could talk about is how great the yeah. show was. And it I, really took over the conversation for a year. And I there. kept thinking yeah. that like show that I watched a while ago, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really see it. Yeah. yeah. And then you went back to it. Okay. Fair. Um, and of so, course it's it's great i mean yeah. there's a couple episodes in the final season that are like unbelievable yeah, they're like peak tv yeah, yeah um so i feel like in a way i'm a little similar to you it, overall i do like i'm a bigger breaking bad fan i'd say but in general i do have some similar sentiments where like i find there's a couple flaws in breaking bad that people overlook here and there um but i watched my first watch of breaking bad i was 16 like i was in high school i was pretty young and I caught up to like the last season live and I watched the last season live and I liked it, but everyone was going crazy over it. Like, Oh, this is a masterpiece. And like, I was like, that was okay. Like my favorite show was still lost at the time. Like I was younger. I hadn't seen that many shows, but then when they put breaking bad on Netflix, like a year or two after it ended, 
I did do a full rewatch one summer and like loved it. Like when, when I rewatched Breaking Bad that one summer when I was a little older, I, I just like was obsessed with it. And I was like, wow, now I see why this is a masterpiece. Like, this is amazing. And then like a few months after that, was when Better Call Saul started airing. And I was like, of course, I'm going to watch the spinoff now. Like, I loved this. So I was like very into Breaking Bad. And then the spinoff started. And that's how like I kind of got into watching it every week. And the weird thing to me was that so many people didn't watch Better Call Saul in the beginning. And I was like, why are people not like watching this show if they loved Breaking Bad so much? It's the same writers. It's the same like crew and like directors. Like it, it's just as well made. And people just don't like, I, I don't know why I had such a small audience at the beginning. It was very strange to me. I think because there's no Walter and there's no Jesse. Yeah, they just missed the violence of those characters. I don't know, yeah. like the high stakes. I can understand. It's very slow, the beginning of Better Call Saul. Um, so I understand people falling off, but like, I'm, I feel like I'm a very rare specimen because like anytime I talk to people, they're like, the beginning's too slow for me. Whereas I was hooked from the beginning of Better Call Saul. Like every episode, like I was just so into it every week. I will admit the pace is slow, but the characters are just so good. Like they're just so well written. So I had the exact same um history with uh breaking bad that you did like right. literally the exact same so you did Bre rewatch it then breaking oh bad. yeah when it like i think i think i had the exact same thing where it came okay. out on netflix and i rewatched it from the beginning and i saw how incredible it was so i right. think i had the exact same reaction oh, nice. that you did That's and awesome. i also started watching um better call saul after the breaking bad ended right and i but you the difference for maybe? me is, yeah. is I did fall off because it yes. was so slow That's and because I didn't understand totally what they were going for because this is a comedic character but they're yes. making it a drama so I was, was like what are they trying to do here yeah I think season one is the most inconsistent season tonally because you can tell in Better Call Saul the first season they're kind of like experimenting with different things like there's a lot of just full-on comedy in it where like Jimmy's being a goofball and then it gets really heavy and emotional at the end when like the big reveal about Chuck and like his brother working against him and it's like no, this is a full-on character drama, like where we're studying a character, similarly to Breaking Bad, but with lower stakes. Like there's no danger and violence all the time. So I feel like that's probably why the fan base was smaller. Like people love high stakes and, oh, we're going to die. And you kind of get that right at the beginning of Breaking Bad. You don't really have much of that in Better Call Saul. Um, so I can understand people being like, this is too slow. I don't care enough when there's not high stakes. But something about Bob Odenkirk's performance and like the character writing in the first season even though it was a little inconsistent tonally like I loved it from the beginning and then there's that Mike episode I don't know if you remember the Mike backstory episode in season one when he breaks down about his son do you remember that episode oh yeah for sure yeah so like when that episode aired that was like episode six I believe of season one that's when like I was like this is I, I had so much confidence in this show I was like this is going to be as good as Breaking Bad like these are the same writers they just gave like one of the best backstory episodes I've ever seen to Mike it was like very emotional. Like I never really teared up during Breaking Bad. I was never that emotionally connected to it. But, yeah, that Mike but that Mike episode, I was almost tearing up. I was like, this is like perfect writing and acting. And I, I, I really like character study deep dives. And the fact that it's a prequel, that's all they care about is the characters, right? Because a prequel, you already know where they're headed. So they don't care as much about the plot. They're just like, we're just going to investigate these characters. And the way they do it is just so interesting to me. Yeah, I think I was like inconsistent watcher Breaking or Better Call Saul. I think I watched uh, the first season tentatively and then like fell off for a bit and then went back and watched season two tentatively and fell off because mm -hmm. again, I had tonal issues with it. I just didn't That's know fair. exactly what they were going for. Yeah. But what completely sold me and made me a diehard fan and made me have to rewatch the show multiple times afterwards yeah. is that episode in season three. And I know you know what I'm talking about. The courtroom one. Shikander? Yeah, of course. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's like That's incredible. So good. Oh, I could, I could, it yeah. It kills so, me watching that, that, yeah. that and episode. That's, and that's why I give them a lot of, um, like, credit, because the first two seasons being slow and, like, um, a little meandering and, like, going, like, basically, if you go by plot by plot, not that much happens in the first two seasons. And that's a lot yeah. of story, like, two seasons of story, and there's not that much that happens. But then when you get a payoff episode, like Chicanery, the character drama and, like, the heightened emotional stakes all of that is so good because they took their time. Like, yeah. that's why it hits so hard. And that's why I agree with you. When Chicanery happened, I was already like, I think I like the show more than Breaking Bad because it got it to a new level of like, this is perfectly written and perfectly executed. And like, like I said, the emotional stakes, I cared more about Jimmy McGill than I ever did about Walter White by season three. Like, that, okay. So what you just said is exactly why I like Better Call Saul more than Breaking Bad. Yeah. I don't, I could never care about Walter White 
as much as I care about Jimmy McGill. Yep, yep. He's Period. His, his arc is just more tragic because, like, he he. It's more of like things working against him. Like he's trying to be good, and it he just gets screwed over by his surroundings, and he's like, "Fuck it." Like whereas Walter White is like, "Oh, now's my time. Like this is my way to." Like it's more he was in his he was in charge of his own destiny a little bit more, um, and it kind of makes him like a little easier to get annoyed with. Whereas like, I just feel bad for Jimmy. Like, especially the first three seasons, you just feel so bad for the guy. But in a way, his arc is a little similar where it's like, you start to get frustrated with him more and more as the story goes. Like, Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like um, uh, Walter White is a narcissist. Like he Mm -hmm. has like a personality disorder in which, and you see his like tragic, but ultimately self-centered, journey moving from from season to season whereas jimmy mcgill you see his story as tragic but inspiring almost yeah because it's like he's trying to fight back for like the little guy he's he's more of an underdog it's like yeah he's he's been like obviously he made mistakes in his past and he was a con man and all, all of this comes from his relationship with chuck like i think we can start the way i view the show um because right now season five and the season we're about to see I'll say right now, it's going to feel very similar to Breaking Bad. So like the show evolved quite a bit because the first three seasons was so different from Breaking Bad. It was like, I kind of think of the show as like, there's the Chuck era, which is the first three seasons. Yep. Then like season four is a bit of a transition. And then the end of season four and season five is the Lalo era because Lalo becomes the new big bad. And he kind of connects, like he, he makes the show feel more like Breaking Bad because he's Jimmy's connection to crime pretty much as Lalo coming into the show. So I feel like, there's the Chuck era and there's the Lalo era. And I feel like a lot of people love the Lalo era because it reminds them of Breaking Bad because the stakes are getting high again. It's like, oh, we got violence and the stakes are high, but not enough people appreciate the Chuck era of the show. And I think it's like just as well-written and perfect. Like, Oh yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, it's tough because you want the show to be its own show, mm-hmm. but also we're talking about a prequel to an existing show. Exactly. So it's, it's both and neither. Like, at the same time, I can't fault them for being like, oh, you're making it like Breaking Bad now. It's like, they have to, like, it's a prequel. We're getting close to the timeline, right? Exactly. They have to make it feel natural. And like, like Jimmy McGill was in Breaking Bad. Like Saul Goodman was quite in, he was in quite a few scenes. So you have to really make them measure up and feel the same. But I just have like a lot of affection for the early seasons where it's so different. It's like a legal drama and a character study. And it's just so different than what it is now, where it's like, kind of like Breaking Bad again. I think what the writers wanted to do is they wanted to show how Jimmy got to where he is. Yeah. And I think that's why they did that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why season four, I would argue, is a really important season. It's like the one right after Chuck dies. And it's it's where Jimmy starts to become very hard to read. Like he's he's kind of trying to grieve his brother, but he's also pretending it never happened and like pushing it to the side like it doesn't matter. And this is something that I noticed on my rewatch because I just did a rewatch of the whole show over the past two months. Um, and season four was like probably my favorite on this rewatch because um, it really feels like he comes up with the Saul Goodman persona as like a defense mechanism to his like emotional scarring you know what I mean because like in season four he's just pretending obviously the fact that his brother died does affect him and he knows it's kind of his fault but he's just pretending it never happened like he's just like it never happened blah 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 and then he starts to like pretend to grieve him towards the end of season four. And then you realize it's all an act and he turns into Saul Goodman at the end. And it's like, he loves being Saul Goodman because he's like kind of, he's just focusing on him, his strengths of like working people and being awesome. And like, cause he knows how to work people and be a good talker and be charismatic. And when he's Saul Goodman, he's ignoring the fact that he's actually broken and like actually very like emotionally scarred about the fact that his brother killed himself. I totally agree. And I think season four is incredible. Yeah, what a I, great, I love it. great season of, of it's, television. It's, it's Jimmy McGill's best character, in my opinion, is season four. Because it's like, it's just so interesting. And you and I, I will admit, my first watch, I was like, it was so slow and weird without Chuck. I was like, you kind of felt his absence. You're like, what are they doing? Jimmy's working in a cell phone store. This is weird. But then when you rewatch it, it's just every scene with him, he's so interesting. Like, he's just going through so many different things at once. This is a show that improves on rewatch. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 There are certain shows that uh degrade on rewatch. Like yeah. they 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 you see all the flaws and all the errors and all the ways that the writers didn't yeah like make it's things like, work. It's like, oh, this isn't as good as I remember. That's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are some shows that stay exactly the same. Like yeah. for me, yeah. Friends 
is just the same every time you watch it. It's not yeah. better or worse. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. And then then there are shows that are better on rewatch, and this is certainly one of them. Yeah, it just yeah, you just appreciate how well thought out every character is. Um, yeah. yeah, and then another thing I'll bring up with Better Call Saul that makes it unique is how it's kind of two different shows. Like it's also the Mike Ehrman Trout show. <laughs> like half of the show is completely focused on Mike and Jimmy's not even in it. So how do you feel about that? Like, I, I feel like some people don't like that. They're like, oh, it feels too disjointed. For me, I like it because it's like, I get two shows for the price of one. Cause it's like, Jimmy's story is kind of its own thing. And it's, it's a little more subtle and character focused and slower. And then Mike's story is kind of like the Breaking Bad prequel where it's like, kind of just feels like Breaking Bad but you're getting more backstory. Yeah, I was going to say that I think all the Mike stuff is just in service of Breaking Bad, the Breaking Bad lore. Yeah, but it's so, also character on Mike himself, like how he became hardened and stuff. But I still think that is about Breaking Bad. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It is. Like, I don't think it's in service of Better Call Saul. I think the first two seasons of Mike's story is in service to Mike, the character. But I think you're right, because as you get, if you're doing a prequel on Mike and like, how does he get involved? you need to have Gus in the show and all yeah. the Gus and Mike stuff. You're right. That just feels like Breaking Bad where it's like, we just need to service the story of Breaking Bad and give you more background on the cartel and how Mike got involved with the cartel and how Gus got like how Gus hired Mike. You're right. So like seasons three, four and five of Mike's story, you're right. It's kind of in service of Breaking Bad, but I still love Mike and like, I don't mind it. And it's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm not like mad at it. I yeah. just, to me, it kind of feels like this is more of the prequel Breaking Bad section of Better Call Saul. And, yeah. then, the, and then the Better Call, and then the, um, like the Jimmy McGill stuff is more the character. Yeah. Yeah. It stands on its own more. It's more of like, this is its own story. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I totally also agree. think that in the, in the universe of Breaking Bad, they want to set it up so that you watch Better Call Saul, then you watch Breaking Bad, yeah. then you watch, um, the movie that came out the El Camino yeah, El Camino. El Camino. yeah they yeah. kind of want to set up a universe where you can watch yeah. it linearly yeah it's, and this it is, is how it works it pretty much is a universe at this point once they finish Saul that's like a lot of hours of content and like this is my you know how there's like all those crazy fanboys about like Star Wars and Marvel like mm -hmm. this is my like Star Wars and Marvel like this is my like favorite universe that I'm obsessed with that I will probably rewatch multiple times for years to come if they stick this landing which I'm sure they will they're too good so oh um, man yeah, I hope I, so yeah, I'm so I, curious of what is going to happen yeah, to, we'll, um, well, here, I'll let you. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into all the season five and six stuff. Where I was yeah. just wanted to get your perspective on the early seasons. I'm glad to hear. I understand that it's like it took a bit for it, but the fact that you love chicanery makes me happy because I love that court episode. It's so good. I um, mean, it's incredible. And it set the tone for what the yeah. show was going to be. Yeah. in later seasons yeah what's what's your take on chuck though like did you really hate him on your first watch or did you always find him like a great character like oh chuck is interesting because it's hard to read him because eh? it's like you want to oh! hate the guy but it's like he's so well written that i kind of like him <laughs> so you you know what the writers had originally planned for chuck what did they originally plan I don't think oh, I do you that. don't know this bit of trivia. It's like the number one trivia thing on IMDb. But basically what they were going to do is they were going to have Chuck be the more supportive part of Jimmy's life and to have the boss at Mesa Verda be, be the antagonist. Uh, and they realized that it would be more interesting after having, I don't know if they had, if this was in the writing process and pre-production and the shooting process, but they realized that the real villain of the show was actually mm -hmm. Chuck yeah. and that the misunderstood... Oh, you mean Howard? Howard, Howard right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. That so, Howard was actually the supporting character yeah. and not the enemy that they were trying to set up. And yeah. I thought that was fascinating. That's, that's a great twist because all of season one, Howard's the villain. And then they just, great twist in episode nine when it's like, nope, Chuck's the one behind it. I love it. The one thing I do know in terms of behind the scenes is that you're right. They started the show where they didn't know that Chuck was going to be that way. But I think it was the performance of Michael McKean, the actor who played Chuck, he like brought a lot of like pride to it where he like had a bit of an ego and he was like very prideful about the work he does in like the first few episodes that they were like, you know what? Like, what would this guy think of having slipping Jimmy as a brother? Like, like this guy would not look like he would not like that. So it was the, it was the performance of the actor that I'm pretty sure informed them. Like, you know what? Like it's more interesting dramatically to have him be the one who works against Jimmy. And then like, they kind of just ran with that. Yeah. yeah. I think that pivot that the writers did is yeah brilliant. Yeah, and in terms of Brilliant. 
that's one thing I've listened, like I've been going diehard the past few months. I listened to a bunch of insider podcasts, like the creators and writers. They did a podcast on every episode after it aired. And like, they talked about their writing process. I also listened to some of the audio commentaries on YouTube. And like, one thing they always talk about is how much the actors' performances inform their writing from season to season. So not only did that happen with Chuck, that also happens with my favorite character in the whole show, Kim. Like, oh, we haven't even talked yeah. about Kim yet. Yeah. Um, so apparently Kim was like always going to be pretty minor like in season one she's not that important but there's one look she gives in season one where she smiles when she finds out about Jimmy's shenanigans with the billboard I don't know if you remember the billboard at the oh, beginning yeah. of the show. oh yeah so so after that smile apparently they started thinking and they were like what if this what if she really loves this side of him like the side that's like slipping Jimmy that's like charismatic and like and then they have the whole arc in season two where she does scams with him and then like they kind of just started to realize she was like a huge part of his life. And then they literally gave her more and more to do every season because how much they liked the actor's performance. And like, I like, it just blows my mind that they, they were able to change so much on the fly. And like Kim and Chuck are like such key parts of the whole show and like his whole character. And they kind of were informed with a lot of that from the actors, which is just crazy to me. Yeah, the show is so much better having Chuck be the villain and having Kim be an accomplice to Jimmy. Yep. I mean, really, yep. so good. It's just genius. These these writers are so good. Uh, I just yeah. gained so much appreciation for them when I listened to all this behind the scenes stuff. Um, but yeah, okay. I think we can get into season five because this is like probably the most important one heading into the last season. And um, there's a lot of crazy shit that happens. So um, well, first of all, I'll just ask you like, who's your favorite character at this point in the show? It's hard to pick, I know. Oh my so God. Good. Favorite <laughs> character. That is so hard. I mean, it might be Nacho. That's a good pick. Because I'm like, because I don't, I don't fully get him. Yeah. I mean. Like, he, he's so complicated to me. Like, what does he even want? He wants to run, I'm pretty sure at this point. But you're right. It's like, we don't know enough backstory. Like, he's friends yeah. with Tuco at the beginning of the show. Yeah, so exactly. Like, how did this guy get involved in the cartel? And it's one of those things where you can, like, fill in your own story, like, in your own head. Because I don't think they're going to answer how he got involved in the beginning. But all you know is. In season three, when Hector wants him to involve his dad, he really cares about his father. And like, that's what makes him sympathetic. He doesn't want his father to get screwed by this world. And he's basically been trying to get out since, but he gets fucked over by Gus. <laughs> that's pretty much it. And you just feel bad for the guy. And you're like, I want him to make it out of here. Like, but then do you remember when he runs into the stash house and like gets the drugs? Yeah. So he is actively involving himself. No, but he does that. He does that because Gus pressures him into getting Lalo to trust him. So it, it's all manipulation at this point. He's, he's yeah. wanted, like seasons four and five, he just wants out. He wants out of the game, but he's just, because of the fact that he went after Hector, Gus uses that as blackmail. He's like, I'm going to tell the Salamancas that you went after Hector or you're going to do what I say. And like, so he pretty much just has to do everything Gus tells him. And then Gus even, Gus even threatens his father at the beginning of season five. He like, he says, I'm going to kill your father unless you do what I say. So. And I love how fine. the dad won't leave because he's so... Yeah. He's so disappointed with his son. Yeah, he's a little stubborn too. He's like, I'm not leaving. I won't run. He doesn't realize the danger he's in because he's like, yeah, it's, it's Nacho's a good pick though. I love that character. Um, I, I really hope, and I think they have to because he's the one who betrayed um, Lalo. Lalo. Yeah. So obviously he's going to be a big part of the last season, but oh, I just hope that yeah. they really get into his character because yeah. I think I, he he kind of has the role that um, Jesse had. Uh, yeah, that Jesse yeah. had. Like he is the Jesse of Better Call Saul. I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's like so. the sympathetic person who's just caught in the crosshairs a little bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then, yeah, we haven't talked enough about how this is like a prequel because it's so hard to write a prequel. Like they do this so well where they take like little things from Breaking Bad and they expand on them. So like one example is, um, I don't know if you remember in Breaking Bad, Saul in his office, he always had all these cell phones lying around like he yeah. had like a hello kitty phone and like all of these like burner phones and then sure. they expand on it and like that's lit he started as a cell phone business his persona Saul Goodman was as a cell phone business and then he turns that into being a lawyer so like I just love the way they do these little like tie-ins and like they expand on them and then that brings me to like you talking about Nacho and Kim because Kim and Nacho are so critical to this show being good because we don't know their futures like I feel like that's like kind of a lesson number one on how to do a good prequel is like create characters where you don't know their future because <laughs> it makes it so much more interesting yeah because the only characters that we know make it out are mike and jimmy yeah and gus to a degree but 
Yeah. Yes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's like those three, we know their futures. So you're just like, you're just Salo, so... Salo, Nacho, and L- Lalo, Kim, are yeah. they, Lalo, are they all going to die? Yeah. Good question. That's, that's what they do so well with Kim, the whole show. Cause everyone's thinking in the first three seasons, when you're starting to get invested in Kim and Jimmy's relationship and you're like, these guys, like you really get attached to their characters and the back of your mind, you're like, when's this going to go wrong? When's this going to go wrong? Because Kim's well, not in Breaking Bad. she has to die, right? Yeah, she's not in Breaking Bad. So it's like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? She doesn't it, have to die. They could break up, right? Like maybe is she's there, just... No. Is there a reality in which Kim survives? I think she's going to survive. I do. No. I no, do. there's no way. I'll Here's put money why. on it. <laughs> Here's why. Because how could they justify that in Breaking in, Bad? I, I'll tell you why. Because in Breaking Bad, you only see Saul in his office. The entire show. You only see him ever in his office. So like, we don't know about his personal life. Like, yeah, but when he, he leaves at the end, he leaves by himself. Yes, because he has to, because he's on the run. I'm not I'm not saying in, season, in Breaking Bad, he's still with Kim. I'm just saying she could still be alive. She could have broken up with him and ran away. Like she could be doing things like, it's possible no. they had a falling no. out. No, she dies. I'm sure of it. Don't do that to me. She She's not has die. to die. She do you not want her to die? 100% I don't want her to die. She's my favorite character. No, she yeah. has to die. Come on. No. Okay, okay, that's I like. <laughs> I like this disagreement. That makes okay. it fun. Um, but yeah, I anyways. like when characters die. Like I to me, too. it's not a it's not an issue I have. Oh, I I'm not saying I'll be mad at the writers if she dies. I'm oh, just okay. saying I'm just saying two things. I'm saying first of all, I don't want her to die because I'll probably be sad and like I love that character. But the second yeah. thing is, I actually think she won't die. Like I genuinely, mm, as a prediction. Okay, I think. that's but interesting. I, but I'll be pleasantly surprised if she does die. Not not pleasantly surprised. I'll be angrily surprised if she dies because <laughs> I don't want her to die. But I'll be like, I'll give the writers kudos because I know they'll pull it off well. But I just I just have a feeling she won't. I think the big thing about the way they play with the prequel here is um is the flash forwards right with him working at a cinnabon yeah because that character we don't know what his future is like that that's one where it's up in the air like even though we know what happens to jimmy and breaking bad we don't know what happens to him when he's on the run and i don't know if you remember the season five flash forward where um some guy finds him and he oh, like, yeah. he knows mm-hmm. he's Saul, right so that storyline is going to be very important like he could be on the run again he could be he could have to kill that guy like because he can't have people know his identity if he's if he's a fugitive so yeah what I'm, if he, so what if he what if he goes and finds kim in the flash forward and that's how the series ends that's what i was thinking she could be mm, alive for that okay right? so that makes sense i that's, i see that yeah there's there's a lot of things like it's you're right it feels like they don't have that many options for kim but like at the same time i think they're gonna surprise us with something like and i, I don't think she'll die she's too like important to like jimmy's emotional story i think it would be too devastating if she dies i don't know yep, that that's very that's true yeah um anyways we can get into season five stuff so i loved lalo in season five like that actor yeah. oh such a good he's so charismatic and charming but so scary at the same time he seems like a true sociopath <laughs> yes absolutely yeah. which There's is like, great great he's just so unpredictable every scene you're just like what's he gonna do oh like, he's just yeah because so he could do literally anything yeah he could be yeah. like chill he could like joke with you or you could just murder you yeah exactly <laughs> like, like it's just so fun to watch him um yeah. like we got to talk about like probably one of the standout scenes is when kim stands up to him at the end of season five. Oh my god i was what like sweating when yeah. i when the first time i saw that scene i was like oh my god is this when kim dies yeah like yeah. F- it's fully. crazy the yeah. tension there with mike with the sniper too like you're just like what's gonna happen you're just yeah. on the edge of your seat it's so intense and then Kim just works her way out of it. Uh, it's so satisfying. Right out um, of Jimmy's playbook. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing. Like, I think we can get into just where we think season six is headed. Because, like, Kim is very much um, on a dark path here. Like, at the end of the season, she wants to go after Howard, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how the fuck that's going to turn out. Like, I, I feel like it's going to go wrong. Like, Yeah, I don't know. Kim going to the dark side. I, yeah. I want it, and I don't want it but yeah. I do want it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's going to be so fun to watch her and Jimmy working together and both being dark and going after Howard. But at the same time, in a way, Howard's kind of innocent. Like, he doesn't really deserve this if they really ruined his career. Like, that's not, like, necessarily good. So it's, you're just conflicted over what they're going to do. And, like, you just think it's going to backfire because shit's going to go wrong here. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, I Because no was Howard really that much of an enemy to either of them? I mean, I mean a really? little bit a little bit but nothing nothing huge like the big thing for jimmy is obviously in season five he throws the bowling balls at his car he sends the prostitutes to his lunch which is like he's just fucking with howard and it's really not that justified like i feel bad for howard but 
I, my theory is that Jimmy does this because he just thinks of Howard as Chuck. Like he just sees Chuck when he sees Howard. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So he just, he takes out all his anger and insecurity on Howard, even though Howard doesn't deserve it. It's like, yeah. And it's just, which is funny because that's kind of a tie in to the original concept of that character. Yeah. Yep. Like, exactly. like Jimmy is projecting all of his anger and frustration and like sorrow over losing his brother onto this onto, guy onto howard yeah. this guy who didn't do that much i mean i guess the kim stuff is a little more justified there's a couple scenes in season two and three where howard's kind of a dick to kim but nothing to the degree where she should be like wanting to end his career so she's also just really going to the dark side and she's just so attached to jimmy which is so well executed by the writers because the whole show you're thinking when's she gonna leave him like when's something gonna go wrong in season five you're like like they have that one argument where you think they're gonna break up and then she proposes to him like it's just yeah. so crazy like how they defy your expectations with Kim. Like, I really do think she's so well-written. Well, they set that up so well in the first episode of season five with the case. Right, when she uses Saul's method. Yeah. 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 Because she fights him on it. Yep. But then when she realizes how effective his strategies are and how she, she thinks the ends justify the means, she kind of succumbs to Jimmy's way of doing things. And I think that's the moment where she kind of makes a decision to turn to the dark side. And then in season five, she makes some very Jimmy-like decisions. When she comes up with the plan on Mesa Verde, where they're going to like, like she gets Jimmy to represent this guy and then it all goes wrong. And then Jimmy plays her and then she proposes. And like, it's weird. Like she likes getting wrapped up in the stuff that Jimmy does, but sometimes she pushes back and it's like, it's hard to know like how far she'll go. And then towards the end of the season, what makes it so interesting is because of all the trauma that Jimmy went through in the desert, it's like, she's actually more like on the dark side at this point like there's a scene in the finale where jimmy's like am i bad for you and it's like kim's like no like she's starting to get a little too cocky and too like power hungry and thinking she can do all these things and jimmy's the one doubting it a little bit more yeah i think my my honest answer to your question of who my favorite character is i mean it has to be kim right yeah she's i just meant more nacho is like the more mysterious character where i I really wish i knew more about yeah. And let's be honest, we don't really know that much about Kim either. Yeah, They're, they give you one flashback in season five with her mom and you find out her mom was a bit of an alcoholic. And I yeah. think that, that makes perfect sense for her character because one thing that blew my mind on a rewatch, the show is like genius, is that in the first episode of the whole show, the introduction scene to Kim is her and Jimmy smoking outside. They're sharing mm-hmm. a cigarette. Yeah. And Jimmy has just kicked a garbage can. Like he's just been kicking it really hard because he's mad. And then after they smoke a cigarette, Kim walks in and she picks up the garbage and she like fixes it. So it's like, she's, they're already foreshadowing. Like Kim likes to clean up people's messes. Like she's like, she very much likes to be the responsible one and like clean up people's or messes. Or she's more conditioned to do that. Yeah, because, and yeah. I think that ties in perfectly with her having an alcoholic mother. Like that's probably what yeah. it was like for her. Like growing up in that family, she had to be like the responsible one. And like, she was stubborn about it, but she had to do it. Like, and totally. it's just- I love the way they are able to expand on characters without like giving you so much detail. And yeah, I'm just so worried for Kim. I don't want her to die. Uh. Oh, Kim. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll and see. Then, and then another thing is they announced that uh, Walt and Jesse are coming back for the final season. So that yep. makes me think, I think we're going to get some Breaking Bad scenes from Saul's perspective, like during that era, because how yeah, else so are they going to bring them back? This is my question. Are we venturing less into prequel territory and more into i don't yes. even know what the word for I know. it is because it's i don't like, know if it exists you, you could say sequel territory in terms of the gene stuff in the future in the black and white timeline but if it's stuff during the breaking bad era i agree i don't know what to call that <laughs> it's like it's not really a prequel it's like a alternate uh point oh, of it's, view it's like it's events. like a flash sideways yeah it's kind <laughs> of like, like in um, nice lost reference yeah like in lost yeah 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 it's like i think we're because how else would they bring Walt and Jesse back? They're not going to probably do it before the Breaking Bad era because it's the show is about Saul. Like it has to affect him. So my only theory. No, is I like, think you're right. It could be. Yeah. It could be things from his perspective. Yeah, like we're going to see new Breaking Bad scenes, kind of. <laughs> but it's but still I don't. Be I don't know. On Jimmy. Yeah, um, I don't know. They're going to surprise curious. us. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I only honestly have no clue. Um, yeah. So do you, let's talk more about season six. Like, do you have any predictions or anything? Or are you just ready for the ride? predictions hmm. i i'm really curious how they're going to transition jimmy now to jimmy in season two episode i think six 
title better call Saul. Like a breaking bad. Yeah. The breaking yeah, bad like, era. Yeah. Yeah. Like how are they how are we I, gonna link those two people? Because they I, are I, two very different people at the moment. They are very different, but I think they're already close because what I was saying earlier, Saul Goodman is a defense mechanism. So like my argument for that would be in season five of Better Call Saul, when he's acting like Saul Goodman, like there's a lot of scenes when he's just being Saul Goodman, like in the courtroom, when he talks to like those guys in prison and he's like, do you know who I am? Like, I am Saul Goodman. Like when he puts on that act, I think that version of him is pretty similar to the one in Breaking Bad. So my argument would be that in Breaking Bad, he's playing a character the whole time. Like he's being a caricature on purpose because that's how he is Saul Goodman. Like he's not Jimmy in Breaking Bad because he's, he's being Saul Goodman. <laughs> like they're literally two different personas. But at the same time, you're right. He's he's a little far from that. Like, I don't know if he's really there yet. So there's going to be some big thing in season six where he goes like, fuck it. I'm just going to be Saul Goodman for good. That's a really interesting perspective. I, I never really thought of it like that. I guess, yeah, I guess that does make total sense. Yeah, like he's that. That's why it's so crazy that when you watch Breaking Bad, you think of, oh, Saul Goodman is just comic relief. He's just a funny guy. And then they make a prequel and it's like, no, he's actually a deeply complex, tragic, layered character. And yeah. the version of him that you saw in Breaking Bad was just a goofy character that he puts on to cope. Like that, that's what's so brilliant about it, in my opinion. So yeah, I want to know how, how you feel about the fact that um, Chuck is no longer in the series. Do you think the series could like how necessary was it for Chuck to die? I'm oh, curious about your take on that. Oh, I think it was totally necessary because that's that's where he gets the path to becoming Saul Goodman. That's where it comes from. Is his like emotional scarring from his brother looking down on him and being like, you don't deserve to be a lawyer. You're a scumbag. Like you're a con artist. You're slipping Jimmy. Um, and then when his brother dies, he's like, can't, he doesn't know what to do with himself because like he knows it's partially his fault. And he's like, he just kind of has to embrace that aspect of him. And he's like, my only way to success is what Chuck says about me, which is being a scam artist. So I'm going to be a scam artist lawyer. Like he just embraces it. And he's like, and it's kind of Chuck dying is what like enables him to move forward and be like, fuck it. I'm going to become Saul Goodman. Like, I'm not a good person. I just have to, this is who I am. Like, mm -hmm. so I, I, like, I, I don't think Chuck, if Chuck exists like now, I don't think Saul Goodman really happens to be honest. Like, I think it was very necessary. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I just, I was curious about your perspective on it. It's hard yeah. to give predictions on, but I, I think it's going to happen because we all know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, we know what happens with Jimmy. We know what happens yeah. with Mike. We know what happens with them. Um... I'll, I'll throw out um, a very specific prediction that, like, okay. I just had this thought. Um, I think there's going to be a moment where the black and white part, like, towards the, this is, like, a big prediction towards the very, very end of the show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think the black and white part's going to turn color towards the end. Like, it's going to okay. turn into color. Like, that's just a very specific thing. And I, and I think that'll, like, really be well done. Like, it'll be, like, there's something that's going to happen where it's, like, when it catches up to that timeline, the black and white scenes will be color again. And it'll be really powerful. Okay. I don't think that's going to happen. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> why. So, what, so, a part of the Breaking Bad, quote, lore is that a lot of the scenes in Albuquerque, mm -hmm. it, that's where Breaking Bad is set, right? Yep. Or, yep. yeah. It's Albuquerque. Yep. Yeah. They're all very blue. Right. When we go to Mexico, they are always orange. Yeah. They change when, the color yeah. scheme. Yeah. When we go into the future, we are in black and white. Yeah. That's why I think they won't change it because they have very specific visual cues to where and why and how things are happening. So I don't know if they will ever. Yeah. I think you're I don't right know. for the first like, I think you're right that that's why they've done it in black and white is they like having their visual cues because it's like clear marker of this is in the future. This is a different character. This is after Walter White and all that crazy shit. Yeah. Um, but I do think towards the end of the show, they have to wrap up that story because it's about the show is about Jimmy and you have to see what happens to him after the Breaking Bad life. And I think they'll keep it black and white probably in season six for the first couple of times we see him. Cause I think there will be some flash forwards with him and then it'll go back to the stuff that we just saw with Lalo and all that. But mm -hmm. I think when the timelines catch up, there's going to be a point where we've seen everything during breaking bad. We've seen the whole prequel thing and the show's going to end with that timeline. And I think when it ends with that timeline, it might switch to color. Cause like, that's the okay. end of the show. That, that's, no, that's interesting. Yeah. It's just a little theory that I have. Um, I okay so I do have a theory I if Kim survives yeah and she is alive and well and all that stuff I think that at the very end of the show one of the very last moments could be in a flash forward Jimmy meets up with yeah. 
with Kim. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a, that is a good prediction. And that's something I, I'm going to say, I agree with that. <laughs> I'm going to say Kim will show up in, the, in that timeline because it just, it just makes sense. It's like a nice story. It does make sense, right? It's a storybook way to end the show. And yeah, yeah. it's like, uh, anyways, um, do I have any other predictions? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll say this. This is a little more vague. Um, I think something bad is going to happen to Howard. Like, I, I really think what Jimmy and Kim do, either he'll get screwed by them or, like, it could be something violent. Like, he could get caught in the crosshairs because Jimmy is involved with the cartel a little bit. I think Howard and, like, whatever happens to Howard will really fuck up. It'll fuck Jimmy and Kim a little bit emotionally. Like, they'll be really guilty about something that happens to him. I think Howard could die for sure. Yeah, he could die. I don't, I'm not necessarily, yeah. necessarily saying he will, but I do think he could. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Okay, yeah, I think that's pretty good. I do have a couple quick questions, just like quick yes or no, like fun stuff. Um, okay. And you've already, you've already answered some of these. So um, first question, do you think Saul will be alive at the end of the series? Oh, like in the flash forward, in the yeah, black and white timeline. Exactly. Yeah, sorry. Oh, that's, that's a good question. Yeah, do you think he'll be alive by the end? Or do you think maybe he'll die in the gene timeline? huh hmm i don't know i never thought about that i mean if if better call saul is going to take after breaking bad then yes yeah like if that's how they want these characters to end face their demise then sure yeah yeah you think he might die okay um i'm gonna say he will be alive at the end i don't think he'll die um okay but yeah that's just these are just fun yes or no's you don't necessarily have to think well in the scenario that he meets up with kim after years of separation then no obviously yeah. i think he'll be alive if yeah. kim is not in his life and yeah. this is a tragic story then maybe he does die maybe he finally yep. maybe he finally gets hunted down and killed yep yep that's good uh, and then second question will kim be alive at the end of the series so i think yes what do you what about you um that's really tough yeah and i think the writer's made that decision a long time ago yeah i think they've and, known and they've the been time. playing the long game i completely agree they've known kim's fate this entire time and they've yeah. just been slowly toying with the audience like uh like you think she's gonna be gone nope we're gonna leave it to the very end <laughs> exactly and yeah. i haven't been able to figure out which is which yeah that's fair so you have you just can't pick okay um i don't think they've been overt about letting us know either way yeah I, i'm just saying like just it's just fun to guess like yeah so i'm guessing kim will be alive at the end um, that's just so again hunch. this is yeah. the two different versions of the show in the version where kim meets up with jimmy at the end and they go live happily ever after obviously yeah. she survives in the version where jimmy is hunted down and killed for yeah. his crimes yeah no i don't think she is alive in that version right so which version yeah. do you think they'll do <laughs> just pick one just for fun. honestly i would be happy with either Okay. But I kind of hope they go with the version where Kim dies and Jimmy okay. gets hunted down and killed at the end. That's because to me, that's more, yeah. you know. High stakes, the, I guess. Yeah, yeah. high stakes. Yeah. And, and that's more fun because we disagree. <laughs> so it's funner. It's more fun. So you we want disagree. the other version? Well, I think Kim will survive. I just think she will. And I would prefer her to survive. Yeah. And you, yeah. you think at the very end, they could live happily ever after and go off? I, I don't know if they'll be happily ever after, but I do think they'll meet up in the gene timeline and I'll be a, an emotional mess if that happens. <laughs> That'd be such a nice way to end it. But I don't know if they'll be happy. It'll be it'll be interesting because we don't really um, know why they cut ties. Like, I'm so excited to see they're going to give us the reason why they're not together in Breaking Bad. Like, what, what happens? Like, why do they cut each other off? Mm-hmm, like, I'm mm-hmm. so curious about that. Um, okay, uh, sorry, was there something you wanted to say? Or- well, I was just going to say, what did you think about some of the specific episodes? Like, what did you think about the episode where he's in the desert? Oh, Bagman? Yeah, great episode. Love yeah. it. What, what's so exciting about season five is it's kind of what I was saying about how it's two different shows. The first four seasons, it's Jimmy's story and it's Mike's story. But season five is so exciting because Lalo is like the big bad of that season. And he connects both of the characters. Like he's connected to Mike through all the Gus stuff. And then Jimmy represents him. And then what's so good about that episode in the desert is Jimmy and Mike for an entire episode. You finally have the two main characters together for an entire episode. And now it kind of feels like one show. Like it's all, yeah, it's, it's all one storyline now, which is what's so exciting about season six is because the way season five ends, like Lalo's family getting killed, he's coming back. Love and, that episode, by the yes, way. Oh my love God. It. And, and what's so great about season six, all the main characters, every single one who we care about is an enemy of Lalo now. Like all of them. Like he's yeah. so pissed at Gus and Mike and Nacho. He pretty much figures out Nacho betrayed him. 
And then oh, he knows for sure. Yeah. And then the stuff in that apartment with Jimmy and Kim, he's probably pissed at them. Like everyone's the enemy of him. Like that's what he's gonna be like pissed and just like oh, everyone's in danger. It's so exciting. Like holy season shit. six is gonna be a fucking showdown. I'm yeah. so excited. There's gonna be so much good stuff. Um. Anyways, yeah. so next question: Will Nacho be alive at the end of the series? Oh man. <sighs> that one's that one's like I think the hardest one. Like that's the one where I'm closest to 50-50, Where. I legitimately think 50% Nacho could survive and 50% Nacho could die. Like, I can't pick. That's so hard. You know, I kind of have an inkling that all the characters that are not in Breaking Bad have to die. Okay. I I kind of have that that mindset. I like that bold prediction. I think think you're right about all of that. Like, Nacho, mm -hmm. Lalo, Howard. I think those three could very well die. I don't think Kim will die. (laughs) That's the one we're all pushed back. Okay. I think Kim will survive. But I like that bold prediction. So all the non-Breaking Bad characters you think will die. I think so. That's that's good. I like that. It's bold. So yeah. And I, I definitely agree Lalo. Lalo, I'm not 50-50 on. Like Lalo, he's got to die. I would be, he has I'd to. Be, he has to. Because like, there's no way all that shit that happens in Breaking Bad, if he was alive, he would have showed up. Like, like, so he has to be dead. His whole family gets killed by Gus in Breaking Bad. Like, there's no way he's alive during that time. Like, he's got to yeah. Um, And that's just... What's so good about this show is it's all about the how, right? Like we already know at the beginning of the show, Jimmy's going to become Saul, but what they make so interesting about the show is everything is about how do things happen. So even though we know Lalo's going to die, I'm so excited to see how he dies. Like who's going to kill him? Is it going to be Mike? Is it going to be Nacho? Is it going to be Gus? Like, is he going to just like, I don't know how he's going to die. I'm so excited to see how. Yeah, this show is very much a how, why, when exploration of character. Yeah, it's like, how do things happen and why do things happen? And it's just so interesting. Yeah. Oh, so good. I think we did a good job getting hyped for this last season. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah, Uh, thanks for joining me for this. And um, because I think it's coming out in two days. And not only um, are they releasing the premiere, they're doing the first two episodes on Monday. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. I did know that, actually. Yeah. So, So it'll be a double premiere on Monday. Um, and oh. we, we don't have to necessarily do an episode the next day, but as long as we do like some sort of podcast before the new one comes out and then we can kind of do what we did with succession. So that'd be fun. Sounds good. All right, sweet. Uh, thanks to any better call salt fans who listened. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, we're super excited for the last season and, uh, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks. Bye. Bye.